deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world has opened up as has the Griffin's dream. Hello and welcome to the Shriekcast. I'm your host, ZC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, um, have you ever, have you ever, do you ever, you know, think or fantasize about like, if you had, you know, a, a good amount of money, uh, what would your dream house be? Oh, my dream house? Yeah. Probably just, um, probably just any house that I own. Like a house, yeah, like, like having like, a- Probably a, having a house would be, would be my dream. Having a, <laughs> <laughs> having a house. Well, yeah, no, I, I, I can't, I can't disagree with you there. Um, but you know, what if, um, what if you had a really big mansion, mm-hmm. um, and you had a pretty big, you know, garden. Uh-huh. And there was houses next to you, right? Yeah. Well, my neighbors. If, yeah, you will well, mm, my lovely mm, neighbors. Mm, mm, yeah, but what if instead of uh those you had uh, a bigger garden? Well, how big is my garden? I mean, I live in a mansion, right? Yeah. You have a you have, yeah, you have a mansion. You're 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 the let's say you wrote a famous series of novels called harry potter just hypothetically Mm -hmm. speaking sure uh and i'm like my garden is just too small yeah well i'd probably move to somewhere with a bigger yard i'd probably sell my house or excuse me my mansion and go find somewhere else with a bigger (laughs) a bigger garden yeah or what if you knocked down one of those houses and built a bigger garden you know that is an option that i hadn't considered yeah, you know, cuz uh you know, having a big having a big mansion is nice and all, but you know, having a big garden is cool, but if you had a bigger garden with a renaissance style greenhouse in it that was built <laughs> on top of a brand new house that you knocked over to uh to put it there, how, you know, how does that strike you? Was the house next door a mansion also? Oh yeah, this is we're we're talking we're talking big time rich area. Hmm. Well, I do find that a little bit funny. <laughs> well, see, yeah. So, so this is a thing we. Uh, this is a th- this is a thing that really happened that we discovered um, because we were poking around at the news uh, uh, for this week. Um, to sort of start at the top here, I guess the reason that we have been uh, inspecting all of J.K. Rowling's lovely properties is because. <laughs> Um, J.K. Rowling is apparently building a equestrian school in Scotland, um, and everyone hates it, and everyone's mad about it, uh, because the construction job, I guess, is a nightmare, uh, people are saying it's, like, causing damage to the roads and stuff, um, and when I read this, I thought it was a joke. I did not know that she was building a two million pound, uh, equestrian center. Yeah, I... I, I didn't know that that was one of her interests. Yeah, I didn't either. And like, th- this is the kind of thing that I'm surprised that like, cause, you know, she's been active on Twitter again. She was really excited about Eurovision uh, and some more Cursed Child stuff. But I've never seen her talk about having uh, horse Hogwarts, which is pretty cool. I, I would if I was in her position, I'd be talking about the horse school a lot. Yeah, I don't know anything about horses uh, or horse schools or, uh, but but what 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 about uh, this horse school is making people upset? Like I when I think of like 
oh, someone's building a horse school. That doesn't really doesn't really bother me. Well, so I guess one of the things here is that this isn't this isn't just like a like easy come easy go like hey come to the horse school this is like a private like horse riding academy that's like basically in her other mansion's backyard like like uh miss rowling is behind plans for a private horse riding school near her luxury mansion in the capital however some neighbors have become critical of the project they have uh there have been complaints over noise pollution increased traffic Residents claim heavy trucks and plant machinery have torn potholes the size of craters in the road, which provide access <laughs> to the site. One homeowner said that she had twice punctured her car tires, while another said, at times it's been like a battlefield. You couldn't have a, you could have a serious accident if you'd driven into one of them. Uh, uh, City of Edinburgh said that the tem- um, temporary repairs... Temporary repairs to the worst holes will be carried out ahead of resurfacing later in the year. So, hmm, okay. That's good, good I guess. That is a we'll very get... destructive um, building process, it sounds like. Yeah, and they haven't even gotten the horses there yet, and that seems like when you'll start seeing some real some real it, damage there. Well, here, here's a question for you. Yes. Is, um, is J.K. Rowling, like the richer jake paul of great britain (laughs) yeah um yeah she's like so the thing that this article doesn't get into is that jk rowling has also been been seen uh jumping on cars uh and and (laughs) recording vlogs uh jake paul oh fuck jake paul rowling oh our new character Mm. oh jake paul rowling Ooh, that's I like the it. good shit that's uh, so good yeah someone get uh jk rowling playing fortnite jk rowling playing fortnite jk rowling going to the suicide forest uh jk rowling recording some music videos uh jk rowling getting into a feud with uh the handlebars band with flowbots oh, yeah jk I... rowling get into a feud with, feud with flowbots okay first of all as far as the street gas con- is concerned, Logan Paul and Jake Paul are the same person. So no one, no one come at us about this. Yeah. I'm not interested. Yeah, um, true. So, but you I mean, know, that's yeah. a, se- honestly, that is a, that is a second podcast we could do is we have, we have a lot of Paul opinions that are very good. Uh, you know, I'm sure that's, that, <laughs> that's what <laughs> that's people, what people want, want is, is more, more opinions more... about the Paul brothers. <laughs> Oh my god, but yes, Jake Paul Rowling, I am so stoked about this. Um uh we'll have to workshop that a little bit. But yeah, no, she's it's like part of me is like like I don't care that much about it. Like I'm not like out here going like oh the neighborhood she's destroying it, but it is it is funny that like can you think of a like rich person activity more uh stereotypical than like building a fucking private equestrian school like like she might as well be building like a golf course or something like it's that level of of just like okay you're you are just a a cartoon aristocrat now yeah it's pretty wild i i don't know i i the more i think about it i feel like just being rich like melts your brain because this seems to just happen like it just becomes normal to build a horse a private horse school um and i'm like i I try to put myself in that position and i just don't even think that i would think to do something like that like if even you know set aside the fact that she has like all the money in the world like 
if you had that much money, sh- surely there's something more fun you could do with it, right? Like, like, does it have to be a, a private equestrian academy? Horse Hogwarts? Is that is that really the coolest thing you can think of doing with $2 million? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I... I... I mean, she's done some other cool stuff with her money, right? We're going to get to that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, um, like I mean, there's the aforementioned building a bigger garden with a Renaissance-style uh, greenhouse and then selling it a few months later. Um, there's, uh, <laughs> uh, in the, I think it's the same mansion that the, uh, that the horse school is going next to. Uh, she spent, I guess, four hundred thousand pounds on building two. And to be clear, I actually don't know if this happened. This is this was just something that came up in my research, and all the articles are from when the project was approved. Uh, mm-hmm. But she was making, or she made plans for two forty-foot, two-story tree houses in like next to her mansion. And they're, like, styled, like, Hogwarts, like, they have the Hogwarts parapets and stuff, which, like, in case you're not, like, a crazy obsessive person like us and know and don't know everything about, like, J.K. Rowling's living sitch, she's already living in a, like, 17th century historical manor house that, like, (laughs) personally, I think should probably be government or or, like, public property because it's, like, a historical mansion from 1600 like this but didn't just like putting two fucking tree houses in it is like maybe the funniest thing like outside of like building a water slide like that's just like the weirdest fucking thing you could do like i'm gonna build two i'm gonna build tiny hogwarts next to my giant mansion yeah and we looked we looked at i mean these are i'm sure there's a there's a show probably on tv it's probably comes on after the tiny house show where they show like these luxury tree houses being Mm -hmm. made because i i think i i think i've even seen that show and it's i mean they're they're houses like they are luxury houses built in a tree this is not this is not like expensive like toy houses for kids no no like the the company that makes these specializes in like luxury living tree houses basically and like these these aren't just like for jk rowling these are for her kids like this is i guess this is like a present or was a planned as a present for the kids and like this is just you've just built individual houses for your children on your estate like we're getting close to like fox catcher levels of of bonkers i think like the the rowling compound has like separate mansions for each family member (laughs) god what a nightmare what a nightmare world we live in a nightmare world we live in um and uh yeah i i i would like some of the money please can i have some of that money i I would see again if you have that much money I can just think of so many fun things you could do with it. like I remember when I had a job that did profit sharing um Ooh. uh yeah real real fancy stuff I got you know like an extra check for an extra couple hundred bucks or whatever the first time and uh for fun that weekend i went and got an extension cord and a couple of microwaves from the goodwill and then we ran the extension cords out into the driveway and put things in the microwaves uh in the parking lot and that was what? super fun yeah what? have you what? Just, like, 
You've never just like no just, like, just got some microwaves and just put some you know put some uh, put some forks you, and CDs in there. Are you Jake put, Paul? Is this a Jake Paul? Put an bit? old cell phone in there? No, it was it was like <laughs> when when. I'm just saying, if you were J.K. Rowling and you had this cool mansion, think of how many microwaves and extension cords you could get and, like, putting put blank CDs in. She probably has so many old cell phones, she should she could put in a microwave in the driveway. This is the craziest thing you've said to me so far on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I don't even know what to do with this information. It was fun. I, was it worth it? I mean... All in all, it cost me like <laughs> like thirty bucks. So. Okay, so no, no, it wasn't. <laughs> I'm just gonna put that out there. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, you know, I guess money does make you crazy. That's, that's most, what I. That's what I've learned. The, the most expensive part was the extension cord. Honestly, I guess I guess that's probably still still a working extension cord. Mm, oh my yeah. god yeah no, no oh. it's it's in the garage somewhere probably anyway Ooh. anyway i'm just saying that if jk rowling has that much money she could probably do something a little more exciting i i guess i i would probably buy a video game I mean, I could do that. Yeah. Um, to be clear, I also buy video games. This is one, t- <laughs> one time I bought a microwave and put stuff in it in the driveway. Okay, Jake Paul. Next time, <laughs> next you're going to be telling me you put a put a mattress in a in a swimming pool. I I understand. I've never owned it. I've never. Uh, there's a community swimming pool not far from me. I guess I could do that, but that would not be worth it. <laughs> no, no, it wouldn't. <laughs> What's the craziest thing you've ever done with money then? Come on. Nothing. I, I buy video games and uh, skins in League of Legends and I put the rest in the bank for a rainy day. Ah. And and on said <laughs> rainy day, you've never thought, I'm going to go to Goodwill and get like an old TV and hit it with a hammer. No, I, f- I feel like th- this is just a... <laughs> A personality difference here. Uh, okay, to be clear, I never did that one, but someone in a, in in my college dorm did do that, and it, it like I didn't participate, but it was fun to watch. But the microwave thing, I can't take credit for that. Sure, sure. All right. Well, moving on from this bombshell, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I'm just a little bit in shock, but uh, <laughs> let's let's get back on on the rails here. <laughs> uh do 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 we want to uh are are you okay or should we go to our reading oh yeah no i'm okay i'm okay (laughs) do we have any more jk rowling news or are we set to start start in i mean we could we could talk about her 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 eurovision tweets but i think at this point uh we've we've kind of roasted her for that on the twitter already um uh she was very excited that the most racist song in eurovision won um i don't know if you were following that at all i absolutely did not follow it even a little bit you are blessed you are are blessed so i I will spare you from that news how about that okay great thank you very much because i can't take any more no all right well i will start us on our chapters yeah all right this week we started with chapter seven which is called mudbloods and murmurs 
And uh, bear with me, folks, because a lot of stuff happens in this chapter. So my my little synopsis might be a little long. Um, mm-hmm. So we start in this one and Harry's woken up very early by Oliver Wood. And he's, you know, it's it's Quidditch practice and they're on their new Quidditch schedule. And so he's real tired and he goes goes down to the Quidditch pitch. Um, uh, Colin Creevy tags along. I don't think this is the first time we've met him. This may be the second time. Um, yeah. Uh, Harry explains the rules of Quidditch to Colin. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, they do their their Quidditch practice. The Slytherins arrive there and we get our big reveal, which is that Draco Malfoy is the seeker for the Slytherin team this year. And his dad bought them all uh, fancy broomsticks. Um, so there's a little bit of a, a conflict on the Quidditch pitch. Hermione and Ron, which were watching practice, kind of walk down to see what's going on. Uh, Draco calls Hermione a mudblood for the first time, and uh, Ron tries to curse him, but the curse rebounds because his wand is broken and he's vomiting up slugs. Um, Because they're outdoors, they take Ron to Hagrid's hut, where we get some exposition about what what mudblood means, and that it's it's very bad. Um, Also, while we're at Hagrid's hut, we learn that Hagrid doesn't like Lockhart, and there's a little bit of a like plot reminder. Uh, portion where 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 Harry kind of thinks about how Hagrid doesn't talk about why why he was expelled from school or excuse me not expelled but why he stopped stopped being a wizard. Um, at the end of the chapter, they Ron and Harry both have their detentions for flying the car to school. Uh, Ron has to go polish the trophy room, and Harry has to go answer fan mail. Uh, with Lockhart, Lockhart's fan mail. Um, and while he's there. Uh, he kind of falls asleep, but is woken up because he hears the the spooky, mysterious voice for the first time. And that is the end of chapter seven. A lot going on in this one. It's a lot. This is this is a plot. This is a plot heavy, heavy chapter. I did. I made an audible shriek when uh, the chapter started and Harry started fucking explaining Quidditch. Yeah, I said I think I said. Maybe it was last episode, maybe it was the episode before, that if I had to have Quidditch explained to me again, I was going to lose it, and uh, this is me <laughs> losing it. I could I could not fucking believe this. And the way that it's written, too, because Colin is like, uh, he's like shadowing Harry, Harry's annoyed with him, wants him to leave him alone. Colin starts asking him questions about Quidditch, and... And Harry says, like, he asks him a question about the rules, and Harry says, yes, said Harry heavily, resigned to explaining the complicated rules of Quidditch. And he <laughs> does. He he does. He explains it again. This is the second time in this book. It's the second time in the book. Like, I, I already, like, I guess we could let it slide in the first chapter, because it's like, okay, people might be picking this up as the first book. They might not know what the fuck a Quidditch is. Sure. But now... We are going into Quidditch practice and having the rules explained again to a character who's never played Quidditch before. So it has to be explained like from the top. Like this isn't even like a like this isn't even like a casual explanation. This is a from the top. Here's the entirety of Quidditch explained to you by Harry and Colin again. It was nightmarish. I cannot believe this. Uh, I liked your theory that you floated when we were we were chatting about <laughs> this, that maybe in each Harry Potter book, the the rules of Quidditch are explained uh, once for each, like, 
number that the, of, of the installment. So like, the, you know, this uh-huh. will be our second one for, for Chamber of Secrets. We're going to get three in Prisoner of Azkaban and so on and so on, which, I, God, like, I, I could see it at this point, honestly. Yeah, I don't remember book seven at all, but maybe like the like, did Harry kill Voldemort by telling him the rules of Quidditch seven <laughs> times in a row? Like, that, that's that... why the book. That's why the books get longer. <laughs> the, the, like the plot doesn't get more complicated or, or longer. It's just that they have to explain Quidditch one more time in each book. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that explains it, I guess. And I guess I just like blacked out during those explanations <laughs> because I, I I could not believe this. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it, especially, like, again, you said, like, even Harry is tired of it at this point, and then we also get, like, the the scene of them all being bored listening to, to Oliver Wood, like, explain the minutia of his, like, new game plan. Like, it's just, uh-huh. it's just miserable. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I, I feel like I have a lot of mixed feelings about this chapter because... The Quidditch exposition right at the start does not help, um, and this is this is our first big like mud blood chapter, I guess. Mm-hmm. This is this is the the we are introduced to. I I think like I mean we're only on the second book, so I don't want to say that this is like the the central moral lesson of the Harry Potter series. Hmm. I mean, it's close. It's up there, like, as one of the main themes, for sure. Yeah. Uh, it is, I, like, I, it was more heavy-handed than I expected. Not just heavy-handed, it's like, and we'll get into this in the next chapter as well, because this, this continues over both chapters, but, like, the the presence of characters who exist purely for the sake of the mystery of this novel, uh like having their blood status talked about constantly uh and like the introduction of mudblood as a concept like like you know like it's one of those things where it's difficult because it's like when you're writing a a, a series that's like seven books long like introducing this like complex political uh thing in the second book isn't so bad like this isn't like getting one in as the door's closing like we're still like in the beginning of the series technically pound for pound but like it's still weird going from sorcerer's stone where this never really got mentioned at all aside from malfoy and the like malfoy talked about this a little bit in the um uh in the robe shop right Uh um yeah but now now this is becoming like a huge deal and like the the linchpin of the entire plot of this book um and it's it's weird how um like it kind of like there's this thing where it sort of clashes with the message of the story almost and that like the moral here clearly of, of of this book like even this early in the story it, like it's telegraphed that like the whole moral here is that your the blood status does not matter that it, it, it should not matter to like how good quote-unquote a wizard you are uh, like mm-hmm. obsession with blood purity is bad that being said to get to that point it has to like functionally as a story obsess over characters <laughs> and their blood status uh and like that's just a clunky thing 
Yeah, um, even in the, the chapters leading up to this one, it is as if there has been something in each chapter that is populating this world with new characters that are that exist to tell us their blood status as related to this plot. And it just it just it feels like they're just rolling out like one by one to to, I guess, contextualize this issue. I think it was last week that we had Justin uh, in herbology yeah. yes. say like hello i am justin my parents are muggles like because they wanted me to go to a muggle college and then we, ha- mm-hmm. we have we have colin and, and he you know basically runs up to harry and says hi harry i you know i don't know how moving pictures work um probably because <laughs> i'm muggle born um, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and like so like now we get like part one of the rollout of the of the rest of it which is draco like now now draco is calling hermione slurs like it's just it it's i guess it's complicated because one it is a kid's book and like expecting a kid's book to present completely realistic nuanced like naturally evolving portrayals of like fake fantasy racism is maybe asking a little much but this feels so perfunctory at this point like 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 these characters are just star trek red shirts walking like trotting out (laughs) to make one specific contribution to the plot you know yeah and i guess that's why i'm a little bit uh like i have mixed feelings about this because uh, like on the one hand i don't mind because i mean to us as adults or you know who have a little bit more context for this i think the scene where draco calls hermione a mudblood and then the ensuing reaction um and i actually really like this scene and it's something that i didn't really remember because he 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 calls her a mudblood and the gryffindor quidditch team and ron all react like yes like this is a big deal i think uh let me find it um like a brawl like, immediately breaks out right like yeah and i and i love this passage and so he, he says that um and it says harry knew at once that malfoy had said something really bad because there was an instant uproar at his words flint had to dive in front of malfoy to stop fred and george jumping on him alicia shrieked how dare you um and that to me is like plenty like uh, as an adult reading this like i i contextualize this that that makes sense like i understand the subtext going on here where mm-hmm. you know not every child will um so so i have i have a hard time being overly critical of this being like it's less it's less that this like this scene is good it's just that like everything that led to this was very mechanical which is weird because this feels very natural and like relatable you know like like this this feels like a real scene the the part where everyone has been walking up to harry potter and conveniently telling them like (laughs) who who their parents were less so maybe yeah yeah i i i wonder if this is the case a case of like like kids are smarter than we think they are um mm-hmm. because not only do we have that um like the the rollout of these characters that exist to say those things um but after the incident at the quidditch pitch uh we get some interesting exposition from Ron. How did you feel about Ron's like explanation of of what mudblood means? Um I mean it was it was at least 
funny that he was barfing up slugs while also explaining it. Uh, <laughs> I, and I could not tell this entire passage. I could not tell if that was like an intentional like absurdity like that's the joke is that he's very calmly and like in a very uh like mature for a 12 year old way explaining like the ins and outs of like the politics surrounding a slur uh <laughs> while he's also like chucking up slugs into a bucket or whether that was just like that's because of happenstance and like well i had to have this exposition here uh and also i guess i might as well put it in this scene where they're also trying to fix his slug problem like i, I can't tell but i kind of like that it's 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 like a very weird campy uh campy scene i guess yeah i i think that i am overall pretty like positive about it even though it's extremely unrealistic to have have a 12 year old kind of recite very explicitly the the situation um i do i like, do like he is, it. A, he is a he is a woke 12 year old like like he yes yeah uh i although i do think that um uh it's like not only it's like he's saying the right things about this in like a pretty elegant way but also there's like a little bit of like weird over explaining like this desire to make it like make this point so explicit and he mm -hmm. says ron says there are some wizards like malfoy's family who think they're better than everyone else because they're what people call pure blood also mudblood's a really foul name for someone who is muggle born you know non-magic parents like yes ron i do know Thank <laughs> you. yeah yeah like it's this word that has been established in the series already but i'm just going to explain i'm going to explain the rules of like okay here's the thing it is so it's really good that like Hermione also didn't have to ask about Quidditch at this part because Harry would have explained <laughs> the entire thing like right oh, there. Oh yeah, he would. Yep. Uh, there, there, th there are three balls, and and one one of them you score score points, and there's the keeper and the chase. Yeah, exactly. Like like you know they've got you know Ron's still barfing up slugs, but he's done explaining what mudblood means, and so Hermione's like, so Draco's a seeker now. What does that mean? Like like. <laughs> can't remember what that is what Harry, what ball is that oh god no <laughs> uh yeah i could absolutely see that happening but yeah it's it's one of those things where i'm it's maybe a little out of character for ron but i will i i, I forgive it just because again it's it's a kid's book i can't i can't fault her i can't fault jk in this situation for wanting to make the main characters as unambiguously on the right side of this story as possible you know yeah and i also i think that the out of character for ron um is only in the way that he says it which is for the benefit of making it very explicit what oh, it's yeah, being yeah. said um, yeah i'm not suggesting that ron should be racist i, I it's more no no <laughs> yeah um but yeah, because I because I do like that he is explaining this because it again it gives him a job like his character a job and it's to it is his you know he grew up with wizards and and Hermione is going to know the spells she's going to know the things that she studied but of course Ron's going to know the slang and he's going to know the you know yeah. kind of ins and outs of that stuff so I'm glad that they gave or she gave him that to do in yeah. this chapter. Yeah, this is a, this is a good scene where like every character 
has a purpose like like i can't remember how the movie changes this or or if it does at all but like i i just remember doesn't hermione already know what mudblood is or something and like like ron sort of yeah to... yeah, yeah you're right because I, I can i can hear emma watson's like saying ron's line here which yeah uh, uh, i don't really like because i i like ron being the the one that knows the slang and gets gets pissed when he hears it like i like that for him and his character um so so that's too bad um hagrid is so weird in this scene oh my god yes okay so so we we've just been praising how the kids have been characterized here but holy shit hagrid is just not the same person now why why is hagrid dumbledore in this scene and i i i have i have a suspicion that he's just gonna be like this for the rest of the books because this is how everyone remembers hagrid and yes. we read the first book and we were like what like we were like this we don't know this hagrid like hagrid is not characterized this way in the movies or uh like not how fans think of him but here he is like that just benevolent guardian he's like a type. teddy bear here yeah like, like like Hagrid, I actually really liked like I know we we were sort of like iffy on Hagrid at the beginning of Sorcerer's Stone, but I ended up liking that he was sort of like dubious, I guess. Like it was uh-huh. it, there was a there was a nice dynamic with him and the kids, and that the reason they trusted him and like you know like hung around with him wasn't because he was benevolent and like actually trustworthy. It was because he was the one who could like talk to them at their level, you know, and he was like like i mean he was he's an alcoholic he does a lot of illegal shit like like you know he's a he's he's got some layers to him and then he's had some rough edges and like here he's just like normal nice guy it's very weird yeah he's just like this this um like he provides the the moral bastion for this uh like situation with with uh draco and kind of backs up ron and what he's saying and also is like nice to hermione and comforts her after being called this horrible name um he comes off as like very wise um he tells a so when they arrive at hagrid's hut lockhart is just leaving and which i really like they're like finding yes. lockhart everywhere they go it's very funny um but hagrid is like does a weird joke about about Lockhart and like fakes them out and is like yeah you know, oh, he doesn't trust Lockhart yeah the 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 joke that he does where he like feigns moping that Harry hasn't given him a signed photo that's and, like, what it is yeah yeah and, and like and then Harry gets pissed and like Hagrid's like yeah I'm just fucking with you like I don't even think book one Hagrid like had the mental faculties to come up with a like a joke with a poker face like that you know like yes like, Hag- Hagrid in the first book like has to keep reminding himself to stop immediately answering questions when they're asked <laughs> of him like and and here he is like doing he like doing some like poker bluffing it's very it's weird he's different he's very different here yeah he he's the character in name only and I think that he's just going to continue on like this but he seems yeah. he seems wise and just like I'm like I don't I don't dislike it to be clear it's just that like it is it is a big change and I sort of miss the like more rough-edged version of him because I liked 
I liked the relationship, I guess. Like, like, like it was at, in, in, in the first book, especially like for as bad as the Norbert chapter is, and let's not go <laughs> off on the Norbert chapter. Um, but like the, the upshot of all that stuff is that the, the kids are as good for Hagrid as, as Hagrid is for them. Um, mm-hmm. And here it feels a lot more one-sided again. Like he is just their mentor. It's yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, he feels like a stand-in for Dumbledore in this scene. Totally, totally, uh, and uh, yeah, especially given that they. I almost wonder if it originally like was a Dumbledore scene or something that got changed around because like they they sure go to Hagrid instead of Madame Pomfrey and I know that they isn't there like some throwaway line about how like oh it would be like bad to explain that like who who why Rom was really doing a curse or something I think but, that they just say like Hagrid's hut is closer I don't even think it's that much of a reason yeah yeah it's 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 weird like like I, I almost wonder if if like in an early draft they went to like took ron to madame pomfrey's and ran into dumbledore or something you know like yeah um it's a very very strange like character change here yeah it, it's it's interesting and i I don't even think in like a necessarily bad way but no like like if you're going unexpected. if you're going to get a retcon in book two out of seven is where to do it you know oh like, yeah like that like that's fine it's just kind of a bummer in some ways just because like i don't know like i liked i liked uh problematic hagrid maybe he quit drinking oh that yeah maybe yeah after the <laughs> whole dragon thing after yeah after he told everyone about fluffy and nearly let the dark lord rise again maybe he's off the sauce yeah um I've been jumping around a lot in this chapter, but I am going to go backwards a little bit to um, mm. Malfoy buying his way onto the team with the, mm-hmm. the fancy new brooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, it's very funny that there are Nimbus 2001s. Yes, um, just one better. Two, do broom companies just come out with a faster broom every year? Uh, yeah, I really... I And I, I did some research into this, and I think this scene in particular, and also like the existence of the Firebolt has like being like a like maybe the number one uh example of like how weird and like unsustainable the world building in this series is because like (laughs) what what was the deal with with brooms before 1992 or whatever like were they all just shit garbage until the nimbus 2000 came out and then and then Nimbus 2001 is even better than the Firebolt. It's just like, like, at what point do they just reach the singularity? Like, and yeah, like, like how, how is, how does the economics of, of rooms work? If they, if it's not even like a matter of like, oh, the, uh, you know, the clean sweep t- turns quicker, but the, the Nimbus <laughs> goes faster in a straight line and like the Firebolt accelerate, you know, it's, it's not even like broken down into minutia like that, which I would actually kind of enjoy as much as I hate Quidditch. I would kind of enjoy reading about like that level of like sports theory, I guess. But here it's just like, no, it's faster. And that, that just seems insane. Like, like what, at what point does, does it just become like, unsustainable to keep making faster brooms yeah this is like supposed to be the kind of premier competitive sport is kind of what i 
what I understand. I think that there's supposed to be like a wizard sport in America and it's like violent or something because, you know, Americans, haha. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> they get uh, a bunch of microwaves and run them out. Then. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I, I don't know. I, I guess I like can't even think of like a real world equivalent because I, I mean, like brooms would be closest to like cars or horses for like like horse racing, racing motorcycles or something yeah but they're they're playing this it just it seems like there would be some kind of regulation it seems like you couldn't really take the sport very seriously if just some especially like at a school and it's just like so, like some of the kids have to ride on the shitty brooms and they're just <laughs> flat out not as fast as the other ones yeah like are there no regulations on like what kind of brooms you like like sounds like the nimbus 2000 and the 2001 aren't just like good brooms they're like some of the best and it's I, I don't know like it sort of feels like if uh like like i don't know if, if you were like kids at a robotics like tournament or something and someone just showed up in the fucking t-1000 or whatever like <laughs> like the the playing field here just seems a little weird um but it, like it, it is it is a cute scene and i do like it like i like yes. i like i like that lucius malfoy bought his son onto the team and stuff mm -hmm. like it's again it's just a like hang on a minute like how does this work exactly yeah like, it, it definitely serves its purpose for the scene i mean it would be like the the same idea of like i i don't know like a parent buying all new football uniforms for the school team so that the, the kid gets to be on the team like i, I think that that's it works yes. really well uh the broom stuff is just very silly <laughs> yeah yeah it and and also like i guess I, I don't have a problem with this but like holy shit lucius malfoy must really be loaded like oh yeah like, like they they must be really 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 rich like like to buy what is it like i don't know yeah. i'm gonna have to have the rules of quidditch explained to me because i can't remember how many players there are a lot of brooms you know, here's what we know. We know that Lucius Malfoy buys his son a luxury treehouse. Um, we, know, we know he buys the neighbor's house to demolish it to extend his garden. Uh, and a and, bunch of rooms. Uh, yeah, he, and, you know, he probably has a, an elite uh, private uh, broom, broom riding school in his, his backyard. <laughs> uh, so those are the things we know about Malfoy Manor. True. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I don't buy know it. what that reminds me of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 a great scene i love what it does it's just it is one of those things where it's like don't think too hard about it because this doesn't this world doesn't make much sense if you harry, like, harry potter don't think too hard about it yes exactly <laughs> oh, darn it i think we we broke oh, the, broke the first shit. rule fuck we have a whole podcast about thinking too hard about it fuck yeah, speaking of thinking too hard about it, I also think that it's a really, really weird line when it um, uh, says that, so all the Gryffindor team chasers are girls, and it contrasts that by pointing out that there are no girls on the Slytherin team. <laughs> yeah, I, that, that, that <laughs> is a weird, just like an extra thing, like, damn, they're really bad. Yeah, like, oh, they're fucking racist and sexist like <laughs> I, I yeah. don't know it's it's such a it's just like a weird inclusion and it just kind of comes out of nowhere yeah um, i don't really have anything like it doesn't really go anywhere like there's no like malfoy doesn't also say like mud blood and she be shopping you know like <laughs> 
Like, <laughs> we, like we know he's thinking it though. Yeah, damn, mudbloods be shopping. <laughs> uh, uh, the other thing I don't like about this chapter, and this is like maybe my most nitpicky thing that I've said yet in this entire thing, mm-hmm. um, it's the description of of Marcus Flint having trollish cunning, and I don't know what that means. That's the second I, time he's been described as like having trollish characteristics too. Yeah, like that—that's his character. He's like trollish, and he fouls on the Quidditch pitch. But um, I—I I th- I find the phrase "trollish cunning" to be really stupid. Like to me, like uh, this is just like after decades of the internet being a thing. But I cannot hear the phrase "trollish" without associating it with like, oh, Marcus Flint makes some fucking wild posts. Uh, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> Like, trollish cunning means that he's really good. Like, sometimes you'll just be having a normal conversation, uh, and he'll say, like, oh, hey, check this out, and you'll link it, and it's just that fucking Rickroll video. Like, he'll get you. He'll get you every time. He's got that trollish trollish cunning. cunning. Exactly, yeah. I mean, that's the only way it works, because trolls aren't cunning. So, I, like, in this universe, or in (laughs) ours. So, I I think that that wraps us up for this chapter, unless you have another... (laughs) Um, Anything I like the Lockhart. Else? I like the Lockhart scene. I, oh yeah. Um, I'll be I'll, I'll be quick here because really the the main takeaway is that that this is a a way to get Harry isolated to hear the 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 spooky voice. Um, yes. But I I will just say that I love that there for as bad a person as Lockhart clearly is, there is something weirdly sweet about this scene because one like him requesting harry specifically to give him what he thinks is at least and to be clear like compared to what ron had to do like cleaning all the trophies in the trophy room like addressing envelopes is is not a bad detention no. um so like it's sweet that that was his, his like his request and also like it, you know he didn't do any of the stuff that people are fans of him for doing but the fact that like Lori Lockhart personally answers all of his fan letters. There's something cute about that. Like he's bought his own bullshit so hard here. Like he he really believes in his lie, which is it's again he's a bad guy, but it is cute. Yeah, I think we, we talked about this a little bit, and I think you described it as kind of sweet, and I do think that's true. Um, I like he's a bad guy, right? He does he does bad things, and that's uh, you know bad. Um. I really like this kind of like idea of this cartoonish guy that just really wanted to be famous, right? Like it has nothing to do with what he has done, but like the enjoyment of um, this conception of fame as being like answering letters to make yeah. people happy is just, he's I don't like know, a, it's really He's cute. Like, a, like a dandy or something, <laughs> you know, like he's like just this like court fop who just enjoys the the act of like being famous and like the enjoys the the finer things like like yeah you know he's a bad guy and he's fucked a lot of people over and he's like you know uh clearly just completely airheaded and self-centered but like there is just something really funny and, and like like in a backwards way very charming and sweet about his the way he views himself clearly in this in this scene <laughs> yeah um so yeah i mean that scene is it's pretty like plot oriented um also i will say that there is that like 
that the drop of the name of the trophy that Ron like throws up on as being the awards for special services. For the oh, right. Because that was that was kind of Voldemort. Damn. Damn. <laughs> so damn, so it's crazy. J.K. Rowling's done it again. She's done it again. Uh, so yeah, there are a lot of like little clues, and and there are some little clues in the next chapter too, which yeah, uh, I think we can go right into now. Yeah. So we heard the spooky voice. We don't know what it is. Off we go. Yeah. Uh, again, lots of stuff happens in this chapter, so I'll try to keep this as as brief as I can. Um, this is chapter eight, the Death Day party. Uh, it starts out, uh, and it is October. Everyone has a cold or flu, and they're all getting getting medicine from Madame Pomfrey. Uh, hang um, on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang <laughs> on. They're getting the Pepper Up potion, which the- is a video <laughs> game classic. The Pepper Up potion. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so, and uh, like we kind of get that little, you know, seasonal transition. Um, and then we cut to Harry and he's getting back after Quidditch practice. Um, as he walks in the castle, he encounters nearly headless Nick, um, who's kind of moping because he didn't get accepted to go to the headless hunt. Um, Nick notices that Harry's feet are all muddy and says, you know, Filch is sick and is in a really bad mood. Don't get caught. But it's too late. Filch sees that Harry dragged a bunch of mud in the castle, gets mad, says, you know, Harry, come to my office. You're going to be in big trouble um, while they're in uh, his office. Uh, Filch hears a big smashing sound and runs out of there because he's sure, you know, Peeves has dropped something and is trying to make trouble. So he's going to get him this time. Uh, Harry's alone in Filch's office waiting, uh, and he picks up and reads Filch's mail, which, uh, is like a, uh, an advertisement or, or like mail in a sort of form about a, like a, a program called Quick Spell for witches and wizards who aren't very good at magic. Uh, when Filch gets up, gets back, he thinks that Harry's read the letter and gets really flustered and upset. And it's like, don't tell anyone, like, get out of here. Like, I don't want to see you. Harry runs away, doesn't get in trouble. Um, on his way out, he sees Nick again, uh, and Nick apparently puts Peeves up to dropping a vanishing cabinet to, to lure Filch, at, Filch out of the office to get Harry out of trouble. Um, Harry's like, oh, thanks, Nick. And Nick says, well, you can do something for me. I'm inviting you to my death day party. It's on Halloween. Harry says that he'll go. Um, we cut to Halloween where Harry, Ron, and Hermione, they reluctantly go to the death day party instead of the Halloween feast. Um, we, we see, we meet a bunch of ghosts, including Moaning Myrtle. Um, and as they're leaving the party, Harry hears the scary voice again and tries to follow it, but instead encounters Mrs. Norris hanging, hanging from, uh, I don't remember what she was hanging from, a torch or something? Like a light fixture, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and big scary writing that says, the Chamber of Secrets has been opened, enemies of the air beware. And that is the end of the chapter. whoo it's a big one. It's a lot. A lot happens in this chapter. Where do you want to start on this one, honestly? Like, I guess just at the top, because there's a lot here. Yeah, um, so... Let's see. Nick gets to talk in this book, which I forgot. Yeah! He is given a character that is very different from what the (laughs) uh like just like hagrid there's a lot of like new character like roles here that are 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 quite interesting i guess like like him and harry have like a very familiar conversation about the um 
the headless hunt thing, which just kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah, it's very funny because it sure implies that, like, behind the scenes in book one, Harry's been palling around with the ghost. Yeah, like, like they're just like, oh, hey, dude, like, 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 how, how are you doing? Oh, I'm, you know, I'm bummed out because of the because of the headless hunt, man. Like, it, it's just very buddy uh, buddy, I guess, in a way that I didn't really get the impression of them being in the uh, in the in the first book. Yeah, I kind of like it. It d- it does give a little bit more like context to each of the houses having their own ghost. Like I think mm-hmm. that's kind of cute. Um, Slytherin got a murderer that doesn't speak, <laughs> so that's kind of a bummer. Um, <laughs> but like I-, I do like that the ghosts are like kind of friends with the kids, or at least that seems to be the implication. Um, and there's just like the the inherent absurdity of Harry just having this like very mundane conversation with a dead guy is 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 fun. Yeah, I like that a lot. And, and the headless hunt stuff is all very funny. Um, but it, again, it's it serves the kind of moral lesson of this, you know, whole thing, because it's like, Nick is a ghost. And, you know, he, he I mean, I think we're supposed to think that the headless hunt is like a pretty cool thing. And, and, you know, he, he should probably be counted as headless, but he doesn't, you know, they don't, they don't think he's headless enough for them. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. But it didn't. It, this whole thing didn't didn't strike me as as after school special as the characters trotting out to tell us about their yeah. like family this, this, history. This one I like because it, it, the, the, yeah, this one's a bit more subtle. Like it, like obviously the connection is there, but it's it that it's more of a subtext thing. Yeah. Um, and I I I I just it is one. I love the concept of the headless hunt. That is it is very funny. Uh, yes um but the it, it it's very weird that that like the dynamic of the the this character relationship is that like rather than, like like nick nearly headless nick like tells him to go so he doesn't get a, a, in trouble rather than like like you would you would think that like the house authority figure might be the one getting him in trouble but he's just sort of like oh no you better you better get out of here like filch is filch is in a bad mood like that's a weird dynamic that they have there yeah, and Nick and Nick does. We we do find out that he sets up Peeves to smash something to lure Filch out of the office so that Harry doesn't get in trouble. Um, and, and like if he didn't, cabinet. like if he, like how, like I I guess the part of, about this this relationship that I don't quite understand from this scene is like, is he just this eager to get Harry to go to his death day party that he <laughs> planned this whole thing? And like was thinking that from the beginning, or was this earnestly Nick being a friend to Harry in a way that we hadn't seen before, uh, and then asking for a favor? Like, I, yeah, I think I'm. Ha- I I have decided to have a generous like takeaway from this, which is that the house ghosts are just kind of the allies to the kids. You know, like mm-hmm. they have a lot of authority figures, um, but the ghosts are like kind of more their friends yeah that I, I like that reading better i just don't know what the intention was yeah i have i have no idea uh it's um, it's weird i mean it's it's a weird scene <laughs> yeah because like previously all we really got out of nearly headless nick in the first book was that he was like miffed about everyone being like excited about him being nearly headless and then he doesn't really show up much Aside Mm-mm. from the beginning, like he doesn't have much dialogue in the first one, but here and he's in, like, and in the Sorcerer's Stone video game for the oh, PlayStation, that's true. He tells you all about using the flippendo <laughs> spell. Yeah, 
Yeah. 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 So maybe uh, that's where they connected behind the scenes in the video game. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I, I think that I like the absurdity of this scene. I like that he has a transparent letter. I don't know how that works. I don't know how ghosts ghosts have ghost paper to write on. Maybe maybe book burnings. True. Maybe book burnings make ghost books, huh? Huh? Yeah. Huh? huh? You might <laughs> <laughs> uh new this is a this is a um a hot new uh, uh streetcast theory. This is our second one so far. (laughs) Yeah, Dobby can talk to owls, and book burning books makes ghost paper. Yeah, and you laugh, but it's no laughing matter. No, it's real. Um, so uh, I think that the big question mark in my head for this chapter is the Filch scene because, um, I feel sad for him, and I know I do that he's too. Su- I know he's supposed to be like kind of a tragic character. Um, I don't know why Harry reads his mail. Like, I know that Harry is a is you know he he bends and breaks rules, but I just I don't know. I can't I can't imagine sitting like I just don't read someone's it, mail, so it's such a weird yeah, like I, yeah I. It's weird because, like, like I, when you start this scene, I, I'm on Harry's side because obviously Filch is being unreasonable. Uh, but then Harry goes and reads his fucking mail, which, I, like, now I'm on Filch's side because what the fuck, dude? Like, like that's that's cruel. Like, especially given that like the scene ends with him like basically. I mean, I mean, maybe not intentionally, but he holds this like knowledge over Filch's head to get out of trouble, and it feels like he's just like now has this key information to protect him from Filch, which is just I don't know. I like I I I don't like that, uh, especially given the, the 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 whole point of this book is like supposed to be like you know tearing down the like differences between all these these like wizard. Uh, like people like different kinds of wizards people in the wizarding world with different like abilities and like different uh uh like blood makeups like it's just weird yeah i because like uh, again this he's just the next in our train car of of people that are being like brought out and being like okay like here are mm-hmm. the squid it's time it's time for the squibs and like you learn about i don't think like we haven't learned that he's a squib yet i think that comes up later um but it really just is to to be you know just another another example um and i like i feel like sad for him but I, especially I, given like this brings him why the fuck is he the caretaker like it's Dumbledore's so cruel. A, yeah, like Dumbledore's a fucking asshole. Like like hey, we need a caretaker. Let's get one who can't use magic. Like what? I I I think that there is some background there that is probably like from the extended universe and stuff and it's like he doesn't have a place in the wi- like Filch like raised in the wizarding world but doesn't have a place in it um but like belongs there because that's the world mm-hmm. that he like grew up in and lived in and 
squibs are looked at so unfavorably by wizards so it was like an act of kindness from dumbledore to be like hey you belong like here is something that you can do with us without having to leave this world that you do belong to so i think there is like a generous reading of that but like he could have gone and been a computer programmer or something like (laughs) or like at least give him a give him a like a a less shitty job i guess like like especially when you have house like oh god the whole thing is like a nightmare all the way down this to me honestly comes dangerously close to the whole like like the 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 very bad like i mean i guess it's good to you know to be clear it is good it is good to be pro-immigrant rights uh but if your reasoning is well they do the jobs that no one else wants to do like that like <laughs> mm, uh and that's kind of the vibe i get from this is like oh isn't it nice that the that filch has a place here cleaning the shit up from like all the all these crappy students like i don't know like it's just a little yeah he he hates his job also like that's a big part like he's he's miserable he hates the kids he hates them tracking mud in um I think that the implication, and maybe I'm just reading too much into it, but that he's sick and he can't take pepper up potion because he's not magical, so it doesn't work. Um, hmm. I don't know. I don't either. I don't otherwise know why that would come up in this context of we just learned about pepper up potion. Yeah, because he has like the flu or something. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think of that. Um, and all the other wizards in the castle get to go to Madame Pomfrey and get it cured instantly, and he has to live <laughs> with it and clean up the, like, mud off the ground. Yeah, it's... Mm. Yeah, and, so, like, I I end up feeling... I end up on Filch's side at the end of this scene, and I don't know if I'm, like, supposed to, because... I also am leaning more toward, like... I, I mean, I think that there's always been... Like, it's a, it's a goofy thing, like the manacles, right? Um... Yeah. Like, oh, he wants to hang the kids up by their toes to punish them, but I assume that's just like kid rumors and he has I, I, I don't know I don't know why he has manacles in his office, but I just <sighs> that's kind of my takeaway is that it's just like kids are mean to him cuz he's the mean janitor guy. He's mean and weird and like I I sort of like I I like he had that like weird torture like monologue. I think he's just kind of I'm starting to lean towards he's just kind of fucking with them in that scene yeah. in, in book 1. Um Which to be fair, don't joke about torture to kids like yeah. I, I don't I do not condone that kind of behavior, but I don't think that he's a literal child torturer. <laughs> no, like to me he just kind of seems like a like a like a like the kind of grumpy guy who like collects trains or like world war ii memorabilia or something you know like like that's kind of the level he's at like he runs he runs the game's workshop store and he's a fucking asshole but he's not a bad guy like yeah he just doesn't like it when kids come in and knock over all the models like yeah that's kind of my my that's my read that's my read on him at this point um i harry seems so passive to me honestly in this entire book like he seems like he just kind of moves place to place and just kind of like agrees to stuff and i think that that all comes to a head in this scene where he's in the office and he reads the mail as if he has no agency in it he's like a he's like a video (laughs) game player character and like the letter lights up it's like a readable object and you press it but i 
it's like a script. It's just so weird. This is just like a Deus Ex game or something. Like Harry, like everyone else is telling Harry like their opinions on like the 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 racism in the world. He never like to be clear. Harry has not expressed an opinion really one way or the other at this point. I guess we're just supposed to assume that he agrees that it's bad. Um, but like, yeah, he's just like like as soon as Filch leaves the room, he like opens all the drawers and takes all the healing items and and, the, <laughs> and like gets the gets the audio log of filch revealing that he's a squib or whatever you know like he, yeah that's really how it feels reading this and it's just like harry what are you doing harry's gonna what get are you enough, thinking harry's gonna get enough enough point experience to like crouch into the vent and crawl away next like <laughs> Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's, I guess that's my takeaway. He just feels extremely passive in a way that I don't feel like he was in the first book. No, no, it's 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 very weird. Like, I guess, I guess he does have enough of a conscience to realize that he should probably go to the death day party after Nick got him out of a jam. Like, I think that's he, the. Yeah, yeah, but even then we get some like kind of like oh harry didn't want to go and then we get some real dialogue from hermione saying like a promise is a promise mm, that's true yeah she does yeah she, he does almost go back on it to be fair dumbledore did book dancing skeletons which sounds fucking rad hell yeah i tried to look up the dancing skeletons to find out if that was like a real thing and all i found was a video game uh enemy known yeah. as the charmed skeleton the charmed skeleton oh i want to see the dancing skeletons so bad they put that in the movie like maybe it's a good thing we didn't because if they did put it in the movie like we would just have billions of videos of them like dancing to a bass boosted version of the spooky scary skeleton song like that, that would sounds just great <laughs> yeah okay never mind i'm back you're right that does sound good <laughs> I don't see the problem. Um, I do like that it's a little ambiguous because it's like a rumor that went around. So yeah. we don't know if there were skeletons. We don't know if skeletons are a thing in the Harry Potter universe or not. I know we have to be zombies. fair. If I was if I was in this situation, tough choice because both the dancing skeletons and food, but also the Death Day Party, both sound really cool to me. Yeah, the Death Day Party is very cool. I I can see a twelve year old wanting to go hang out with other kids instead of a bunch of dead people but i like the death day party scene a lot it's great this is another part that gets a lot of flack i guess from from people saying that like the scene has no point but i like again this is just the flavor i crave i love the i love that they're (laughs) list i love that they're listening to weird noise music i love that like the food is all rotting and shitty but it's because they can like the, the ghosts sing almost when asked if they can taste it when they when they fly <laughs> through the shitty food, like it, it's so good. Yeah, uh, and it does kind of have a purpose. I mean, we meet Moaning Myrtle. We do. That's I guess, true. I guess we In didn't great have scene. to meet her here, but um, it's it's Peeves, a good scene. Peeves being a complete jackass uh, is yeah. is fun. I like that. Uh, I like that scene. He's got the moldy peanuts too. Um, the part because Nick wants Harry to like talk him up to the headless hunt when they come by, uh-huh. and, like wants him to say how frightening and impressive he is, and Harry like tries to tries to say that when Nick like nudges him or not nudges him but gives him a look, and the the headless hunt guy is like, oh, he put you up to saying that. I thought that was all really funny. Yeah. I like the headless hunt guy too. Like like that whole I like the 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 ghost 
community in the Harry Potter worlds. I, I kind of love it. Like, I, I love that, that there is just like a ghost society that's just a little a little removed from from the wizarding <laughs> world and like uh-huh. uh has its own culture and has its own like like parties and stuff also this is a weird thing that i just realized today like like going through my notes but this is also the anniversary of harry's parents dying right like halloween yeah, I, was, I was wondering that too and i don't know if harry knows that it doesn't come up yeah like has there I'd, ever been a point where he he knew that they were killed on Halloween? I don't yeah. I don't know. And that seems like it would be a tough one for him. A tough one for him to go to the ghost party where his parents are the, not. Yeah. And like yeah. I, I think I brought this up in in one of the episodes for the first book, but but like it is kind of weird that like ghosts exist and he's never like asked anyone like so are my parents around? Like <laughs> like are there can i can i find those ghosts like no one's explained to him how or why people become ghosts exactly yeah i don't know if we ever get that explanation like explicitly i, don't know if we I mean it's pretty it. obvious but yeah can kind of kind of fill that in but it is surprising that like a, a child would not question it especially when the like nature of souls and ghosts and things of that nature are like you know real and material in this yes. world <laughs> yeah um, yeah but yeah, but yeah I, I, I liked I, this I, it's a it's a it, it, there's just a great mood in this scene it's one of the best like setting descriptions i think that that's been in the book so far and also like it's it's neat that the, the this is kind of separated like like i think hermione mentions that like it's not it's not common for like you know living people to get invited to ghost parties or something like there's there's kind of a novel like this this is weird even for for wizards like to be able to get to do this and i i like that kind of thing kind of in the same way that i i enjoy that lockhart is like weird and outlandish even for a wizard like this this being a a rare occasion even for wizards like to to get to go to a death day party is is a neat a neat detail Mm mm-hmm yeah it does make me wonder why nick care like why would ghost society care about harry yeah that's true yeah can can voldemort enslave ghosts yeah do they care about voldemort at all maybe i don't know maybe maybe Hmm. maybe he banishes can they be banished i I thought that it's kind of a kind of implied that they are stuck being ghosts or or whatever um they don't don't seem too cheesed about it yeah no they're good um i i don't mind that that that's kind of a a little bit contrived because i i just i thought this scene was really cute um i guess this is our second time that we hear the snake the basilisk or the the mysterious voice i guess i'll call it um it's scary it's he spooky. Says some it's, scary stuff he's he's gonna kill kill some people i yeah. did not i did not remember how explicit that was that he was gonna eat and kill people uh in the in the in the in the pipes yeah, um, and and for as passive as Harry has been, uh, he sure runs after a voice that is trying to kill people, which you know <laughs> all give him points for bravery. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, like like this this like kind of like horror movie ass scene where he runs into the hallway <laughs> and sees the the letters and like Miss Norris hanging from the fixture and like 
it, also it is not clear it does not say what the what the writing is like written in does it it just says that it's in like foot high letters it does not say like oh it's written in blood or whatever but it, like that's sure the impression i get from this uh this scene i think we find out later that it was blood right or something I'm yeah positive. it's like rooster blood because oh because basilisks yeah right. yeah um but I don't know if it's explicit so far. Um, I'm just looking. No, yeah, it just says foot high words. So, yeah, it, it doesn't say. Um, big old letters. Yeah, big old letters. Um, I I like all I like I like the plot and I like the mystery of this one so far. I like that Harry kind of speculated that like was it a ghost, which makes sense because it was the voice was like moving upward. And mm-hmm. he was at a ghost party. Um, so I, I like his, his kind of like speculation there. Um, I, you know, Mrs. Norris doesn't die, <laughs> obviously. No. Um, but when I reached the Mrs. Norris part being, being hung, hung from the fixture and, and petrified, there is so much like weird, weird uh like a book and a half in and there's so much animal cruelty in these books the, the salam fred and george are feeding a salamander fireworks yeah in, it's just in this, the last like, bizarre no it's this one there's like this weird throwaway scene where fred and george have stolen a salamander from their care of magical creatures class and they have fed it a firecracker and are watching <laughs> it like zoom around in the air yeah and, and i'm like first of all I'm starting to come around to people that say that Fred and George are psychopaths. Like, have you seen that kind of <laughs> criticism? Like, yeah, I have. It, yeah. Um, because that sure sounds like animal torture to me. I, I understand that the joke is that, I mean, the salamanders like survive fire, right? It's a like, magical that's... salamander. So it, it's, it's a mythical creature that can like withstand fire or whatever. Like yeah. it, I get that like in this universe, it's probably not as cruel as it seems like on paper but it is still like you're taking an animal and feeding it firecrackers like what the fuck i'm just i'm just feeling like the animal cruelty stuff is just piling up we really is we've had dudley running over a turtle that may have been killed they've talked about kicking mrs norris like like errol is comically like I, I like i mean i know he's old and like falling over like oh he's like poking it oh it's not dead um the salamander scabbers. mrs norris scabber like it's just like uh, it's being an, being an animal in the wizarding world sounds like it kind of sucks i i was very oh, like, it, suspicious I, that hmm? like hedwig got like hedwig like ran got run face first into the um the barrier at uh, uh, nine and three quarters. Oh, yeah, like, that was in the cage fell over. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sure there's more that I'm not thinking of because I think that individually none of these scenes would have stuck out to me because they're just very like again like very cartoony. I guess they're slapstick but scenes. There's yeah, just, they're just a lot of them, and I was very suspicious that like J.K. Rowling doesn't like animals, but she has some dogs and um. Oh, also, also Norbert. Like, I feel like the handling of Norbert was really weird. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just suspicious. I'm just a little bit out on the look for all of this because it's just a lot. We're on, we're on Animal Watch here. Uh, we're yes. on Ginny Watch. We're on Ginny Watch. We're on Animal Watch. 
Uh, we're on um, Fulpendo Watch. We're, we've got a lot mm. of like things we've got to look, look out for now because I think, yeah, the animal the animal cruelty piles up. Like it's very weird. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm like sad for Mrs. Norris, and I'm also feel like we're not supposed to like Mrs. Norris, but she's just a cat. She's a cat. How I can think I hate a cat, <laughs> a cat yeah. that likes Filch. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm. Yeah, I'm. I'm on. I'm on Mrs. Norris's side. That's a me too. First of all, cute name for a cat. Second of yes. all, kids do suck. Uh, Mrs. Norris is completely in the right. She should. She should meow at kids who are assholes, especially if they're kicking her. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, um, I guess the death day party, like the per- like the plot purpose, the death day thing does serve as it gets Harry out of the feast so he can be uh suspected um of of being involved with the the basilisk stuff right like that's part of the point here yeah because they all they all you know also honestly that line from ron is very weird they're they're in the corridor and they're you know they're in shock seeing all of this and ron's like we don't want to be caught here um which is kind of a funny thing to think yeah like that's his first reaction is oh fuck we're gonna be we're gonna be in trouble uh, yeah. Malfoy Malfoy yells mudblood again which uh, there's there's part of me that likes that the uh, Malfoy has like the gusto of like a kid who's just learned a swear word in this in these chapters a, ki- a kid that just went on 4chan for the first time yes exactly yeah he's, he's like he, I'm unleashed yeah uh, he's gonna shout the oh my god okay I'm so glad by the way that wh- just gonna take an aside here to to call out the the general Harry Potter fandom. Sure, like to say mudblood a lot uh, when it is it is poised as like a slur. Um, uh-huh. But I would also like to give J.K. Rowling a little bit of credit here for never indulging so much in like having a character refer to mudblood as the M word because it's right there, like. <laughs> Like they, they, like it's already on the way on the nose here. It could have been even worse. Yeah, I don't want any of that. I, I, uh, I don't want any of that. Uh, no, like, no, thank you. Yeah, to that. I'm um, just proud of her for not not indulging in it that much. But yes, like like people sure like to say muggle and mudblood a lot. Like and, and talk about pure blood as like it's as a jokey thing, and it's just fucking weird given what the story's about. Yeah, I saw there's a post that goes around on those Twitter accounts sometimes and it's like kind of a like t- like tag like what you are and it's like oh you're a pure blood if you've read all the books and watched the movies and you're a half blood if you've just read the books and not watched the movies and you're yeah. a, like muggle, M- muggle if you've only watched the movies and yeah but but you're a mud blood if you hate Harry Potter and I'm like <laughs> like jeez like yeah, did, did you fun. read these? Yeah, like yeah, not the not the point, fellas. Yeah, or the that mug that's like, don't talk to me until I've had my coffee, Muggle fucker, or whatever. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna get that. Oh, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. We should we should I, get the mugs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I told you recently that my my current favorite mug is a is a grumpy cat mug. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You got you need you need a replacement. You need the you need the Muggle fucker mug. Yeah, cause I cause I got the grumpy cat mug as a as a gift, and um, 
it's like my favorite mug shape and size. <laughs> so I just use it constantly and I and I forget what it is and I'm always looking down and I kind of chuckle when I remember, but um I feel like the muggle muggle fucker mugs could maybe be the same. Like I'll just put it into my rotation and then uh, I'll forget and it, it's good. <laughs> any 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 closing thoughts on this chapter now that we're on on mug mug uh <laughs> mug discourse uh, I, I yeah but i'm only just going to reiterate what i said before because i it didn't it didn't like coalesce in my brain until we started talking about it and it really is just um like harry is just such a passive actor in all of this yes so he really far. is um uh, and like now now the plot's in motion maybe that'll change but i hope so um, yeah not not 100 sure where where that's gonna fall because i really liked harry in the first book and um and i'm struggling like as i'm going back through this stuff to think of anything that he's done or said that has yeah harry me hasn't at- really had any um like you know one of the things that we talked about in the first book a lot was that harry has a lot of like good comebacks and like like you know agency like in in arguments and stuff and here he aside from like the the very good like you've learned the days of the week roast that he got on dudley he hasn't really like said much yeah uh, it's kind of a bummer and i didn't really realize it because it's just kind of the absence of something but i hope he uh kind of steps up because the only thing i can think that he's done or said in these two chapters is explaining quidditch to me again (laughs) thank you harry (laughs) uh but i think i think that those are kind of my thoughts for this week all right all right yeah so i think the i think this stuff is good i like the death day party a lot but definitely not as high on these chapters as, as i was the previous four or so i'd say yeah um uh, so with that, um, I guess, you know, we, we had a little bit of a call out for the uh, the Harry Potter fandom, the, the subreddit, but I think we're going to take a break and then we're going to come back and answer some of Reddit's burning questions. Great. See you in a few. We are going to continue our 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 sacred duty, you know, because we 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 we're we're you know we're we're being critical, um, and you know we are we are exploring these books, but uh, sometimes it might feel like maybe we're not you know contributing to the fandom you know, mm. very much. We're 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 it's so easy to destroy, so hard to create, you know that old that old <laughs> thing. <laughs> um, uh so in that spirit we're going to give back to the community once more and answer some of the fandom's burning questions uh Mm. i I have selected some questions that are relevant to the reading we've done this week um and hopefully we can we can get to the bottom of some of this stuff that jk rowling just hasn't gotten around to Mm -hmm. um are you ready shall we start uh, yeah yeah definitely all right uh this one comes from reddit user mr foreman oh isn't it convenience that none of the people who was attacked by the basilisk did not die? Uh, yes. Next question. <laughs> uh, 
I, I can't think of the names and don't know if this is everyone, but in Harry's second year, we have the one that looked in a puddle, the ghost, the kid that looked through the ghost, the kid that saw through the camera, Hermione Granger, <laughs> and the cat all saw the basilisk button undyed, and it seems very likely that someone would die from a basilisk gaze. Yeah, you know, um, I here's the thing that I don't remember, and it's if this is the same basilisk that's always been in the Chamber of Secrets. Like, I don't know if this is a basilisk that... Um, has been alive for hundreds of years or if this is like a new one mm -hmm. um i but yeah it's um it doesn't do a very good job does it no it, i guess it is pretty convenience really um that yeah i guess i guess when you think about it like on the one hand it's not i'm saying i don't want them to die but if you think about it the one who looked in the puddle, the ghost, the kid that looked through ghosts, the kid that looked through camera, Hermione Granger, and the cat, uh, they they do all survive, and that that is pretty convenient. Uh, it is pretty convenient, but um, I do like a kind of like let's uh, let's flip the narrative a little bit and imagine mm -hmm. how funny it is. Um, I'm picturing maybe like a kid's book, and it's like a comedy of errors where the like protagonist is the basilisk, and it has like <laughs> you know these incredible powers you know look at someone and kill them and it just it just dang it it just can't seem to do it it just stops working every time yeah yeah i like that like a like a incompetent movie monster villain yeah that, yeah i like, I like that, that idea yeah um, I, and, and and of course um from the basilisk perspective um that you know kid with cam like that's how he thinks of them he's like i couldn't kill kid with camera i couldn't kill kid <laughs> kid looking through ghosts <laughs> couldn't kill cat uh looking at the ground um so uh convenience yes um but sometimes that's just how you know you gotta wear that plot armor because otherwise you don't have a plot yeah and and really um at least some of these characters uh you know it's kind of a, a little bit of a what's i always ask this i i am always asking this and it's what is that movie where um it's like a horror movie and someone is like meant to die but they like narrowly escape death but it's coming for him oh final destination yeah yeah colin might have gotten final destination a little bit <laughs> yeah he escaped death in the second book and then had a way worse one later yeah 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 agreed yeah Oh, Harry Potter Final Destination. Actually, no, it'd be really boring because, like, the only way people die in this series is because of the gun spell, which is is very exciting. Yeah, but yeah. that's that's just how it is in the in the wizarding world, I suppose. I don't know if I answered the question. Um, no, I think I think I think we I think it is a I think yes, it is convenient, but you know, who cares? Yeah, agree. Uh, next question. Um. Mm -hmm. This one's a, a little uh, a little simple, I guess, but but it, it is a good question. Sure. Uh, it is tagged as a series question. Uh, so not not just discussion. Oh. This is a question. This is a serious question. I will only give serious answers. Would Basilisk Patronus be able to kill you? <laughs> and then the text of the post is if you stare in his eyes. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with yes um because that is the defining feature that would make your patron as a basilisk and not just a big snake that's yeah that's true 
Yeah, it's not really a basilisk if it can't kill you with its gaze, I guess. Um, I'm also wondering how the hell you would get a Patronus. Like, how would you get the basilisk as a Patronus? That seems pretty cool. Um, does Dumbledore have a Phoenix Patronus, or did I make that up? Uh, do we ever see Dumbledore's Patronus? I don't know. Um, other than that, though, I don't know how how if uh, it's weird because I don't think that we know that you can have a Patronus that's a magical creature. Um, but in this world, the magical creatures are typically just like animals a lot of right. the time. Yeah. Um, I think you can't like, cause can't you get the Krupp on Pottermore or something? Or my the, only ones I've, the only ones I've seen have been like the Jack Russell Terrier. Oh, that's um, true. Yeah. Like the, the garter snake, the thanks Joe. Yeah. Uh, thanks Joe. Um, I don't think you can have a magical creature as a Patronus, but the only thing that I think that might contradict that is Dumbledore's, which might be a Phoenix, but I also might have yeah. made that up. I just don't know if, if Patronuses or Patroni or whatever, um, like, I don't know if they do like physical damage to stuff. That's the only, that's the part where I'm... No. No, they don't really have like an attack, right? And they just like, kind of spook away the, the ghosties. Like, that's the... That's, that's what that spell does. Yeah. So, uh, if, if you could have, yeah, like, yes, if your Patronus is a Basilisk, it will kill you if you look at it, but you can't have a Patronus that's a Basilisk. That's mm. the answer. Oh, that would be really cool, though. But yeah. Yeah, so sometimes in fanfiction, that's like a thing that happens sometimes. This is probably why I'm a little unclear about, uh, like, the rules of the Patronus, but oftentimes, mm-hmm. like, like, someone will have, like, just, like, a, like, a fucking badass Patronus, and it's like a griffin or a hell yeah it's like something cool but i don't think we ever see a magical creature patronus Mm. yeah i I guess i i guess yeah the dumbledore one would be the 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 way to answer that but i don't remember if we even ever see his Um, he might just send because i think that the the order of the phoenix like communicates with the patronuses but i think that dumbledore just might send fox yeah yeah i don't know I guess that's one. I guess that's another one to add to our watch list. Yeah, is, definitely. Uh, Patronus watch. Does Dumbledore have a magical Patronus? Mm-hmm. All right. Case closed. Uh, it could if you could have a basilisk, but we don't know if you could. Yeah. Um. All right. This is a long one. This is okay. a. This is this is a long question. Sir Nicholas de Mimsy Porpington. What did J.K. hide? And then here's the body. Okay. <laughs> Okay, bear with me for a minute. I was rereading the second, and something about nearly headless Nick bugged me. Look at his death day on the icing of his cake. Sir Nicholas de Mimsy Porpington died 31st of October 1492. Okay, one, the most obvious, he died on Halloween. This is weird, not only because it's on Halloween, Halloween being all about death and all, but it's James and Lily's death days too. Now it could be said that JK just needed his death day to be on Halloween for the sake of a plot point. So then we are just given a ton of information. 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue, 45 (laughs) blows to the head, and then his whole name is so long and so odd, it just seems like it has to be hiding something. This was just me being paranoid the other day, so take this as you will. Thanks for reading. Uh, you know, I... When I read this, this really, this like starts off kind of, kind of like, yeah, and then it just goes off the fucking rails. Here's the thing, is like, it is... Uh, these are all things that I have 
noticed, but when I read these things, I'm just like, oh, these are just cute inclusions from the author. They're like uh, literary Easter eggs, I'll call them. Um, mm. But what I didn't consider is, is she hiding something? What does JK hide? More than just an Easter egg, which you More also than hide. Just- I, I, to me, where this sort of falls off is the, his whole name is so long and so odd and it seems like it just has to be hiding something. Like, what could it possibly be hiding? It's, it's just a, it's just a funny name, Mimsy Porpington. Wait, wait. J.K. Rowling knew that in 2007 or whenever, Rain Wilson who was in the office would mm-hmm, star mm-hmm. in the f- hit the hit family film the last mimsy well i didn't know that well i just i just busted that one i mean she was hiding it so you know i i had to dig do a little digging but i just busted that one wide open she's done it again she's done it again jk rowling has done it again this lends a lot of of to credence to those very confusing theories about the wizarding world being real in the real world and J.K. Oh Rowling God. being a real witch or something. And so oh, I, think- I can't wait to get to Rita Skeeter in these books so we can read all <laughs> those fucking wild posts about Rita Skeeter being real. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, uh, this could be that, right? Like, like okay, J.K. Rowling is a real witch and she's writing these nonfiction books hidden mm-hmm. as fiction books in our in our local Barnes and Noble um and but her you know the things that she's predicting are are rain wilson's movies <laughs> and hiding them in the names of the ghost all right yeah i agree nailed it nailed it perfect um, but but yeah it is a long and weird name this post is not wrong i think it's just supposed to be funny yeah it's Red, just Reddit a funny user. fancy guy it's a fancy guy name Nancy porpington right. it's it's a joke yeah uh theory about filch and his cat mm. yeah we 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 got a lot of filch discussion here so this is this is one for filch i just finished reading his dark materials still crying with the end <laughs> and now <laughs> still crying with the end um but now wait, in reading wait, can we hold on for a second mm-hmm. uh, i read his dark materials but i can't remember what happened in the end uh didn't they just like kill god or something yeah that I guess that's a reason to cry. That's pretty badass. I don't know. Yeah, it sounds badass. I don't think I cried. <laughs> I gotta re- <laughs> we got to reread those next podcast. Um, yeah, true, true. Okay, sorry. Continue. Uh, but now I'm reading Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. And in chapter eight, there's this connection between Argus Filch and his cat. And I can't help but think that maybe long shot. He's from oh. other world. He's from other world. And she is demon. No. <laughs> no. He's from other world. And she is demon. I'm probably talking nonsense, but if someone read the trilogy, probably knows this can't be possible, but it's curious how these two are really connected. Any comments on this? Christ. (laughs) Any Um, comments on this? Yeah, I've got some. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they are different books. (laughs) Everything is connected. J.K. Rowling is real. No. Uh, and his dark materials is in the Harry Potter universe. I guess God is dead. Damn, it's true. Because he was killed in his dark materials, um, which is related to Harry Potter because Filch is 
uh, from there. Filch likes his cat. He is from Otherworld, and she is demon. I think that if there's any explanation as to why Filch and the cat get along so well, it's, it's the cat is probably one of those like really smart cats. What are they called? Like measles or something? Oh yeah, can you, isn't that what Crookshanks is? Yeah, like a yeah. half or something. I, I I mean I don't know if that's the explanation. It might be, um, but it's probably not that it's from a separate book series written by someone else. Probably not, especially because that would have been written way after. This is like, um, this is kind of like those like posts where people like, like put together how like the Pixar movies are all in the same universe, except mm-hmm. way dumber. Yeah. At least those are all made by the same people. Like. Yes. And there are little like Easter eggs. I've said that a lot this time in, in the mm-hmm. different Pixar movies, but, um, no, and I and I I hesitate to say this, but I think that there's probably a lot of um, fictional examples of uh, human characters that have a close bond with an animal. I could be wrong about that, but <laughs> I, I feel like that might pop up in a few in a few uh, a few other places. So, so you're taking a stance here. Your comment is that uh, Filch is not from Otherworld, and she is not demon. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Fair. gonna have to go. Yeah. Fair. Nope. <laughs> all right moving on <laughs> here's another here's another really here's another banger this is a short and sweet one uh but something to think about anyone else glad colin creevy died <laughs> such an uh, annoying kid <laughs> uh, uh i don't remember colin creevy dying i know he does uh i don't <laughs> but like i don't think about it <laughs> i don't think about it um as I'm reading through Chamber of Secrets, like he is annoying. Uh, it's true. You know, when he comes up and says, Harry, tell me the rules of Quidditch. I was like, I can't wait for you to be dead. <laughs> I wish so, you were dead right now. I wish so you I were dead right now. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I do yeah, think he, it's good. That's, that's good because he, he prompted yet another explanation of Quidditch. And for that, <laughs> he deserves to die. He's He's been final <laughs> destinationed. Then perish. Uh, I can't wait. <laughs> can't wait for him to meet his end. Good. All right. We're in agreement. I agree. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't. Uh, I don't care for people who make uh, Quidditch, Quidditch explanations have to happen. <laughs> All right. Here's another one from uh, Potter U. Rotter. I just want to say that because that is a pretty good username. <laughs> uh, I agree with Sir Properly Decapitated Podmore. Then the post is, he was right to deny nearly headless Nick entrance into the headless hunt. That's that's the whole post. Did they not? I, I feel like they could read through that scene again and and maybe recontextualize it. <laughs> that, I mean, what, I guess on paper. my, like, advice corner. I guess on paper, like, he's not wrong and nearly headless is not headless, but he still seems like kind of a jerk. Uh... Yeah, he's definitely a jerk to him. Uh, it's like rude. I, you know, this is something that didn't come up when we did our chapter discussion, but it does seem a little bit weird that their like headless hunt went through Nick's party. Like yeah. that seemed mean. Yeah, like like you're not invited, but we're we'll come to your party. Like yeah, that's definitely a little rude. Um, and also, it's okay. Like it's headless polo, right? You only need one head to play polo. 
in this situation so like nick could just be a goalie or something yeah and they also strike me as more of like kind of like a like a performance art sort of situation they're like a little bit of a like a circus troupe and i feel like i feel like nearly headless nick has something unique going on and if they're there to provide like an entertaining show i suppose like it's not like a it doesn't come across as like a legitimate like sporting event they're putting on putting on entertainment and, <laughs> they're, and the, they they're the harlem they're the harlem dome trotters right exactly they're passing their domes around yeah and and so uh no he's not right because he's just being a dick because um there would be some kind of like little routine that nick could do because he he's it's like a novelty like how many people are nearly headless right they could like i don't know throw a head at him and knock his head off of it yeah there's some yeah. cool stuff you could do there. Let him in. They're they're Cirque du Soleil, but for ghosts, and they they should let him in. Let him in. Uh, so I disagree with this post. I I disagree with Sir Properly Decapitated Podmore. He mm-hmm. he should let Nicholas join the headless hunt. Yes. All right, we got one more here. Um, okay. But this is a treat, because uh, this 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 encompasses all of our interests right here. Great. In my head. I used to think that the Nimbus 2001 was the Broom Dreamcast and the Firebolt and Clean Sweep 11 were like the Xbox and GameCube because the latter two massively outcompeted the other one. Does that analog work? Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, the Nimbus 2001 is the Dreamcast? Yeah, that doesn't seem right to me because the Dreamcast was a big flop. I mean, I love the Dreamcast, but no one bought it. So that doesn't seem right. And the clean sleep sweeps are what? Xbox? The Queen Sweep 11 was like the Xbox and GameCube. Wait, just both of them? Wait, hang on a second. Yeah, they, hang on. All right, this I got to read this again because actually this this seems backwards. In my head, I used to think the Nimbus 2001 was the Broom Dreamcast and the Fire uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. By the way, I I'm I was reading this wrong. The Fire Blot and Clean Sweep <laughs> Clean Sleep Weep 11 were like the Xbox and GameCube. Is a clean does does is there are we missing something is does the Clean Sweep release a new one later in the books? Uh and No, I thought it, I thought it was just a throwaway name for a broom that was not the like the really no, I think sweet, it's a, expensive broom. I think the Clean Sweeps are a brand. I, yeah, I, but I mean, I, like, I don't think we learn anything about. I think that they're oh, just like, oh, right. We don't know. Like we don't know. Standard. Uh, um, it was like the Broom Dreamcast and the Fire Blot and Clean Sweep Eleven were like Xbox and GameCube, because the latter two massively outcompeted the former one. I'm gonna have to look up Clean Sweep Eleven. I can't let this. Now that I've realized that this might be backwards. Also, the Firebolt should be more like, I mean, if it's going to be like an advanced, I don't think of the Dreamcast as failing because of GameCube and Xbox. And maybe I'm I'm doing some like revisions of what actually happened. Oh, OK. No, Clean Sweep 11 is a newer broom. It, who, ha- it, who has it? Ron gets it in Order of the Phoenix. Uh, oh. Because he made the Quidditch team. It was given to him as a present from his parents for becoming a prefect. Uh, okay, yeah. well, I, I guess that I, I will I will tell you what I had in my head for 
brooms, but I'm I'm not going to like relate them to consoles because that's very confusing. Okay. So Nimbus is a broom line. Yeah. And they come out with new brooms, right? Like mm-hmm. 2000, we have the 2001. Firebolt is like, excuse me, Fireblot is <laughs> like, uh, like on its own, just like the, the top of the line luxury. It's its own thing. Maybe there are others in the series, um, but that's like the only one that we know of. And mm-hmm. it's the best, like, not everyone can afford it. Um, because my understanding is that Sirius Black buys it because he's fucking loaded, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and the, the the clean sweeps are kind of the, like, like I think, I think it's a good new broom, but it's not a, like, luxury racing broom. Right. And it's also its own brand in line presumably like the nimbuses like it has like new new ones every year or whatever um i think it's really weird to relate these things back to video game consoles instead of like cars (laughs) Uh uh-huh yeah (laughs) I, i can't i can't even wrap my brain around this analogy um because that would be like okay well nimbuses are xboxes right it's like Nimbus 2000 is the Xbox original. Nimbus 2001 is the Xbox 360, mm-hmm. um, et cetera. And then like clean sweeps are. There, there's no like cheap video game console. Yeah. I mean, I it's guess clean... you could say like it's like the Wii or something like it's. Clean like sweeps it's, are those... it's good, but like not as powerful. Like, this is a dumb. This is I I I disagree with this post. I do not think this analog uh, works. Um, uh, clean sweeps are like um, you go to Target and they're those boxes that you can hook up to your TV and they come preloaded with like thirteen Genesis <laughs> games like, and that's yeah, it. Yeah, they have like they have like thirty Pac Man versions. Yeah. On them. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I can see all, that. All well and good, and and the Firebolt is. Um, uh you know a two thousand dollar gaming computer yeah fire yeah fireball it, it, fireball comes with the the dx rocker chair built in <laughs> yeah yeah um i just look at just like i'm falling down the rabbit hole of reading the wiki on on the podcast which seems like a bad idea but i would just like to point out that the that the clean sweep 11 has built-in vibration control feature um which is very what? good what? it has a, has a built-in vibration control feature okay just so in... i guess we we can talk about that toy now I didn't know, <laughs> oh, I guess, I didn't... yeah i guess i yeah i wasn't thinking about that but you're right we can talk about uh we can take a side a sidebar here and talk about some some weird shit that happened with harry potter toys yeah because i i guess like i think i had remembered hearing about this but i didn't like care or look it up but they did i think it was mattel that released a nimbus 2000 toy to go along with the um the movie release and mm-hmm. it made it made whooshing sounds and also vibrated and it was and recalled for obvious reasons because um, and and like i i thought that so i read about this and i thought it was a hoax like this just sounded made up like this just sounded like a like something someone with a bad sense of humor made up but like Nope, you can go on YouTube and look up, look up videos of it. It 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 is the most phallic looking toy maybe <laughs> possible. Um, it does not help that when they like made design the movie brooms, they gave them weird like 
they gave them like heads. It's very weird. I, like I feel like they tried to make them look less phallic and ended up making them look more phallic. Like yeah, they should, probably should have just made them look like brooms. Um, yeah. Uh, so that happened, and and in reading that, like, it's really stupid. I I guess my first thought is like, how did that happen? Um, but my second was like, why? I don't I don't understand the vibr like the vibration was the problem. Not sure why, a, like the brooms from Harry Potter are associated with vibrating in the first right. place. Like, how but did they apparently, get... <laughs> apparently, they... it's canon. How did they get there in the first? Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little suspicious of what's going on at Mattel because we have the slime chamber and we have the, the like, <laughs> the Nimbus vibe. Like, this just, this is getting a little weird. Yeah. Um. So I guess that's like a, a weird curiosity, but I'm surprised to find out that the uh, clean sweep apparently has some has some good vibrations. Hmm. That's yeah. That's uh, I, I guess like a nice. That. No, I. Mm. I don't understand yeah. why would you? Why, I mean, other than the obvious, I'm not sure why your broom that you use for sports would would need to vibrate. <laughs> I guess it's like um like in like luxury cars have like heated seats or like massage seats or whatever maybe that's the idea it's like if you're if you're if you're flying a broom for it's like one of those chairs at the sharper image that you that like you sit in and they they like wobble that seems a little weird and like, yeah I think that I uh the way I mean the broom riding is a little it doesn't seem very comfortable. Um, no. I, I think there's a difference between a vibrating chair. You know, we just we just weren't meant to know this much. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, this is we're getting into to dark territory here. Um, I will say I'm going to be keeping a lookout on eBay to see if we can get one of those uh, those Nimbus 2000s because they just seem <laughs> fucking insane. <laughs> It'll be a good use of uh, our Patreon dollars. Uh, oh yeah, sounds like it. We can do an unboxing video. We, oh, oh, we need to do this now. We need to unbox the, unbox the the vibrator the broom. Vibe. Yeah, hell yeah. Well, now well, now I'm sad. Yeah. Why? 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 Why are you sad about good quality content like that? <laughs> That's true. I don't know if we answered this <laughs> this uh, Reddit user's question. No. Um, uh, no, I think we did. I think it's a bad analog. That's that's. My, oh I don't yeah, think it's... it doesn't work at all. Um, broomsticks are more like cars, or I guess maybe horses. Yeah. I don't know why. Like, I, I guess I'm trying to think of like the analog sport, and I think of horses. But horses have their own weird. I don't know anything <laughs> about horse racing, but that's that's its own weird thing. I guess the other thing would be like sneakers, but sneakers don't make you go faster. Really, they're just like comfy and like have good tread and help you not trip so yeah yeah a quidditch yeah. is dumb Brooms quidditch are is dumb. dumb yeah just wanted to end on a good quidditch question though so i guess that is it for our show um if you would like to support what we're doing uh you can hound on over to patreon.com streetcast and find bonus content we have uh, right now we have uh, episodes coming out early there. We have bonus episodes. We will hopefully have uh, another one of those out soon. We got to think of a, a cool thing to do for that. Uh, and we have video content coming. We have uh, a Let's Play of the 
first Harry Potter game on the PlayStation, which we are excited about. Um, and uh, if you could leave us a review on iTunes, that would also be very helpful. Our theme song is uh, fuck. I was so I was doing so good. It's Hot McGonagall by <laughs> uh, Cheshire Moon. Uh, you can find them on Bandcamp. And what else we got? What else we got? Oh, what are our chapters for next week? Nailed it. Oh gosh, yeah. Um, so next week we are looking at doing uh chapter nine, which is the writing on the wall, and chapter ten, the rogue bludger. So we're in mm-hmm. for some some good Quidditch content next week. Good, good Quidditch content. <laughs> um, and what that honestly makes me feel like doing is reading another book. Please read another book. If you go into the dream, but there's a lady in there, makes ocean raw seem tame. Better know what you're after if you catch a eye. Cause this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.